Hello and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. I have Neil Patterson with me tonight. It's after there have been four Fulham three. Insane. Um, and we've just watched Arsenal beat Luton in the last minute. And both these teams will be sitting there thinking those are games that uh, those are games that win league titles. Now let me tell you, I was at um, in eighteen nineteen Liverpool two Spurs one, where that bizarre Toby Alderweireld own goal happened in the last minute with about five games left of the season, maybe. And I was in the cop. I don't know what fucking seat I started in. I don't know what seat I ended up in. And I walked out of there shouting to everybody. It's things like that that win your league titles. But actually, Chief, it's not things like that that win your league titles. You know, it's things like that that keep you in the hunt for league titles. And what we did on Sunday is what is genuinely keeping this team in the hunt for a league title. I don't think there's anyone now that can deny that we are contenders. Our only defeat is the Asterix Spurs defeat. And yeah, I had a chat with guys and it was like that, that draw that draw at City means nothing if you don't go and, and win this game. And that was on 80 minutes. On 90 minutes, the complexion was, was completely different. And we saw, I think what we saw was the thing that was so absent from last year, which was any sort of resilience, mentality, defiance. And we've seen that a number of times this season. It's 15 points, I think, we've won from from losing positions or, or from being draw, whatever's drawn or whatever the fuck it is. That's almost half the points we've won. Yeah, I mean, we, we have it in, in spades this year. Um, we're back to sort of sort of looking like we'll find a way to beat whoever's in front of us. Um, not perhaps quite as assuredly as we, you know, we obviously did in, in the title winning season and uh, the previous season to that where we... Uh, missed out by the point, um, but but pretty close. I mean, you know, we're a goal down there with five what five minutes to go in normal time, maybe maybe six, something like that. And uh, within within two minutes, we're uh, four three up. Um, last season, we we simply would have lost the game if we'd conceded that late. There's there's just no doubt about it. Like we just would have would have crumbled. And um, capitulated and, and gone down three two. Um, having said that, it's it's not really a a, a a bar to sort of measure yourself against, um, given how far below we were last season. But we are getting back to that. Um, like I said, that sense that. Um, Whatever you sort of, whatever obstacle you sort of throw in front of us, we'll find a way to get round it, over it, or you know, beyond it. Um, which is only good, only good for us. You have to say, and you're right. You know those those late goals. Ultimately, they they don't win you 
the titles they they certainly help um but it's the consistency that wins you titles it's it's winning games in spectacular fashion and also in very mundane run-of-the-mill circumstances in routine fashion as well and in, we've just gotta just gotta keep going um but it was um very very welcome because i think i said at three two whenever it went in i was like right okay well let's see what you're made of then liverpool what 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 is liverpool 2.0 made of are we gonna lose our perfect home record here and sure enough a couple of minutes later or a few five minutes later whatever it is we're we're we're, we're back ahead um and we see it out from there so um yeah, it was a it was a nice end to the game, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think you know what Harry Endo has has he's come for a lot of criticism recently. The signing itself, um, and by all accounts, it took him a while to get up and running in Germany. We know that this. We know that this is a different level of, of physical demand in the Premier League. We know that Klopp's level of physical demand is above that. And actually, what I would say is this version of Klopp's team is probably a level above the physical demand that we've seen in the last four or five years. So, you know, look, I'm not comparing them to Fabinho. I'm not comparing them to Andy Robertson. But we have numerous examples of players taking three, four, five, six months to get up to speed with this style of football. But what I did hear about Endo was that he he was a player um, at Schalke. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came from Schalke. Yeah. He was a player at Schalke that came up with big goals that dragged his team over the line, that was the guy that, like, picked the team up by the scruff of the neck and said, actually, fuck this. We're not settling for this nonsense. Um, and actually, it was, it was Stuttgart. He was, he was actually... Sorry. Okay, grand, yeah, whatever. Some German team, anyway. <laughs> but all, 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 but um, all of they those did. comments apply, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what you saw was... First of all, a wonderfully technical finish from him. Um, it's beautiful. It was, but the, the response after the goal, which is, it's 3-8, great. He scored at the cop end, an absolute blinder. After that, it was, get out of my road. Let's get back. We have a game to win here. And he's the Japan captain. He is a leader. He is... Again, we've seen consistently over a period of time that these are the sorts of characters that we sign. And, and he looks like a guy that in the dressing room, on the pitch, on the training ground, can can make a significant difference despite the on-field contributions. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think he's he's done well since he's he's come in. He's, he's bound to attract a, a little bit of criticism because he's so unglamorous as a signing and he underwhelmed 
everybody within the fan base because of when he was signed and because of the it looked it looked a little it looked a little bit panicked by from the outside yeah but you can yeah. you can see you can see more and more that it was a very sort of astute move really um if you and bizarrely enough if, if i know he's also it's skewed a little bit because he's played in in the europa league games a lot but if you look at um his stats this season when he's played in the midfield we've We've, we've not lost games. Um, he's, he's he's part of one of the one of the best combinations in there stats wise. Uh, whenever he plays, so he for he is very unglamorous. Uh, not necessarily in his style of play, but but certainly uh, certainly the name, certainly his profile when he came in. Certainly, given the the other players we were linked with and the bids we sort of made and had accepted and then had gazumped and all the rest of it for, for certain other players. So, you know, he was always he was always going to be on a, you know, it, it's sort of a bit of a hide to nothing in, in a way. In a way, you could look at it like that. In a way, you could say, well, you know, he, um, he, he doesn't have to do much to impress because nobody's got uh, massively high expectations for him. But ultimately, he's a very, very clever player. Um, He's got masses of experience, um, both at club and and at international level, particularly international level. Um, he's got well over a hundred caps, I think, and he's you know, as you said, the, the Japanese captain, and and they're a handy national side, and you know they're very very sort of uh, professional and disciplined, and um, and they've got a you know great sort of ethic. When it comes to well, chief, like chief, they're definitely they're definitely at least top twenty in the world, and like I might and have in, been for for a long, long time. Yeah, and it would be crazy. Mean? Here, we we saw what they did to Germany, both in the recent friendly and in in the World Cup or the World totally. Cup. Totally, Um So and they were it, quality. It's, it's I mean, not, they, they beat Spain, didn't they, in the in the World Cup recently? So I mean, they they really they really did well. They only ended up going out in penalties. Um, I believe was it against Brazil, perhaps, but they certainly went out on on pens. Um, so, you know, he's got all that experience there. But the way he plays the game, it's just quite smart. You know, he does what he's meant to. He patrols his area. He gets. He loves to get his foot in, and that's brilliant because he's, the number of times he you know gets us back on the on the front foot, breaks up play high up the pitch. And then he shifts it. He moves it on. Generally, he scored a couple of goals. Now he scored the was it was it in the Europa League? He scored the header. And yeah, um, and I think what he's really good at as well, Chief, is he's. I think he's really good at. It's it's the quality that I have probably attributed most to McAllister, but he's really good at finding feet between the lines. Yeah, he is, and he passes forward. I mean, vertically most of the time, he's. Yeah. Um, He's incisive like that, and um, that's a. I mean, he comes on and he he, he changes the game really. Um, it's a it's a big goal he scores. Um, that three three, and you're right the way he, he sort of leads them back to the back to the center circle, and like a, a minute later, literally a minute later, we we've, we've, we've got what turns out to be the winner, and you know he, he plays a part in that as well. Um, as does the big man, the number nine, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about later. Um, but 
he, it's it's a real contribution, and I think we sort of missed the trick a little bit when we took McAllister off, and um, we made our our substitutions. We left ourselves a little bit light in uh, in central midfield, and I think it made a big difference. Endo coming on, um, obviously he gets the goal, but he just for, for, we we take we we take control again from when he comes on. I think around about that time we just wrestle back control and 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 we go on and we score the two goals and we go on and win the game so um it'll be interesting to see if he starts now against Sheffield United we'll probably come on to that later as well but I think he to be honest from his performances and and given the need for rotation and so on I think he, he he would absolutely deserve to start yeah I think I think there's probably a lot more confidence in him now from from a, a section of families that maybe didn't previously have that confidence in him and it's amazing what a really good goal can do, but that's not really the barometer of, of how you should be measuring him, but that's how people will. Um, look, Chief, let's let's move on to Trent. Um, I think he was described in Max of the Day as, as the heartbeat of the side, which I think is is absolutely fair. There was then the, the conversation, the conversation which will be never ending until he is, if he actually is, moved into midfield. But I was listening to Daniel Atkinson, who I've had a lot of time for, and he's absolutely bang on. You put him in midfield, that's fine. But then what, you, what you're asking yourself is, who do we play at right back? That's the first question. The second question is, who do we not play in midfield? And, and the third question is, what are you asking them to do in midfield? Are you asking him to do McAllister's role? Are you asking him to do the Curtis Jones, Gravenberts grafting role? Are you asking him to be just the legs of Sabozlai? Because I'm not sure any three of those positions really suit him, especially given the consideration that, A, people are still suggesting we need a natural number six to go and compete. I think that's a debate that will rumble on. I'm, I'm not sure of the answer myself. Uh, and the other question is, he's doing this from he's doing this from that from that position, from that drifting, you know, right back position. So I, I don't know what your thoughts are. First of all, you know, he he's growing into that role. And becoming so talismanic, and and then the second question is like, kind of where are you on the on the just stick them in midfield sort of debate? Because I think it's a bit reductive. Of course, it's reductive. It's fucking football pundits, and it and and, and all they can fucking compute is essentially four four two or four three one two or. You're, you've taken the, the sort of the thought right out of my head as 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 you were talking there with the he's done all that in a game like that and had the the two most telling contributions of the match. He scores the the opener. He scores the winner. He's involved in the others. He quote unquote runs the game and was quote unquote the the the, the heartbeat of the team as you've just said there from the nominal position of right back or the hybrid role as, as it's been come to suddenly be called. Um, why do we need to change that? 
why do we need to put him in midfield and get him marked out of the game by whoever's on him? Or I mean, he drifts in there, he adds an extra man, it gives us an overload. I think that's another really, really pertinent point here, Chief, is that we've played predominantly with three in midfield since Klopp has come in. But we always somehow make it four. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Firmino dropping in, whether it's Manup stepping in the middle of the park. But now it is it is Trent which is making that that fourth number. And there was so many times on Sunday where like you literally just watched him jog like 10, 15 yards from halfway inside his own half and up towards the halfway line and just pick a pass because nobody knows who's supposed to pick him up from the opposition team because the other midfielders are creating that space for him. So if you put him in that midfield, he's not getting that space and the luxury to be able to you know scan the field, pick his pass, look for the, the opportune moment, take his time. And if you have somebody who can pass the ball as well as that, that's what you want to give them. Time and space, A, to be able to pick the pass, and B, for the game to develop around him, for him to be able to see the exact right moment to play the pass. Well, absolutely. Simply put, he's less of a weapon. He just becomes consumed by the game, almost, and and absorbed into it, rather than being able to to run it from a what would you say from a sort of a from a more um it's it's the it's the and I, I don't like i don't like this term but it is the essentially how they say it, quarterback sort of position well that's it but but yeah we, we you sort of playing it one step removed where you can see everything in front of you and you're picking the plays essentially again to to sort of coin an, an american sports term but that's Really, what you want from from Trent? He, he's he's not a Bellingham, you know what I mean. We we missed out on Bellingham, unfortunately, and and it is a shame that we did because imagine having the two of them in 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 the one team. Um, yeah, and and the other thing is, is people have been making Gerard comparisons. He's not a Gerard. He's more he's more of an Alonso than a Gerard. If you want to make the, the comparison. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's got that uh, local thing, though, I suppose, going on. But um, he's um, we don't need to shift the position just because he's scoring goals and, and playing in that position. He's doing it, my original point stands, he's doing it from where we're starting him. We don't need to, to buy, assign another right back and, and drop Dominic Sabozlai and play Trent in there doesn't make sense we're getting what we need from where we are now what we could do with is is a little bit more width on the right at times when we're attacking but ultimately um i don't it, it, it's so binary oh he needs to play in midfield so then as you said there are only a certain number of of, of spaces in there so you've got to drop someone so who are you dropping? Given that you've got, you know, some of the some of the best midfielders in the league, 
and some of the most exciting young midfielders in the world, perhaps in Sabozlai and, and McAllister. You know, what and it, it totally changes. It totally changes the way we play. Chief, if you do that as well, so it doesn't make sense. So, and then what? We have to go out and sign a a new right back because with Joe but, but Gomez. So, so 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 here so here's an interesting conversation, right? In my eyes, anyway. So, what sort of a right back do you sign if you're well, going to play yeah. midfield? Do you sign someone who's like a like a a, a pound stretcher, Trent, that drops in that kind of does that hybrid role? Do you go and sign like a a marauding box like I know byline to byline right back that's gonna get outside and cross the ball? Do you sign like a Steve Finnan or an Arbelow that's just gonna be dead sensible and do that? Very, very conservative thing on the pitch. No, it's ridiculous. The thing is, they want convention. You know, pundits want convention. They want to, they 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 want to uh, sort of put 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 players in in boxes and put them. You know, formations. As I said, four four. He plays here. He must go there. He's doing that, so he must be a midfielder. Ultimately, it's not really how the game sort of works at the, at the highest level in in the modern modern era. The likes of Guardiola and, and Klopp and and other top top managers at the moment at, at the cutting edge, they're not they're not saying right. You you're a right back. We want you to run up and down, win your battles, um, get to the byline, stick the ball in, and you know, you know, back up your your centre half, cover cover around when when necessary. That kind of shit, like like they used to. You know, it's a completely different remit. It's the same. You know, it's the same with you know, even with goalkeepers, it's the same sort of shit we get all the time where they're still going. But you're listening to Carragher and Neville and they're still going, Oh, why are Spurs playing it out from the back? Oh, they're asking for trouble. Oh, I wouldn't do it. Oh. And you're going, That's what they fucking do. And that's what eighty percent of the teams in the league now do. That is football. No, that's what board, that's what Bournemouth do. Yeah, Fuck that's it. what everybody does. Get fucking used to it. It's being done now for a few seasons. Stop acting as if it's new. Stop acting as if it's fucking outrageous. And stop yeah, acting, stop acting as, like it's still nineteen fucking eighty five. Well, exactly. You know, move with the fucking times. You know, it might have been different in your day. But remember that your day was now 20 fucking years ago. You know what I mean? If times change. Yeah, and- it's almost like it's almost like these people would, would rather go and phone someone with one of those phones where you go, do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. What, like with with the proper sort of, where you had to ring it round and wait for it? I would ring it round with the fucking, like, the little coily cord that you had to always sit in your hall. Because that's how yeah. phone should that's how phone should be. That's how conversations should be had over the phone. Well, that's it. You know what I mean? So things massively move on. And you know, we are where we are. Trent, we're getting what we need from him where he's playing, and it means we can get other top players into the side as well. It's not having an effect on, on Trent running games. He's still able to do that from, from where he is. And he's quietly sort of bagging goals. 
now to match his assists. So um, long may that continue and let them have their debate. If if it really the question is, is the England manager smarter than Jurgen Klopp? I can tell you is the fucking answer. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. I think we all know the answer to that yeah. question. No. So just to, just to finish off on Trent, Chief the. Obviously, the free kicks taken off him. Like I, I, I do think rightly so. I think it's coming up after I saw it. I think it's coming off the crossbar and bouncing out. But yeah, I still reckon that those kinds of goals shouldn't be given as OGs. I still I reckon they should, but the 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 free kick strikers should definitely be given an assist for it. Yeah, I oh, he he should get the assist at the very least. But I reckon yeah. any goal which only has contact off the goalkeeper, regardless of the direction the ball's travelling in, should just be the striker's goal for me. Yeah, well, I, we, can, we can agree to disagree yeah. on that. But, but you know, ultimately, like I've said to you, like I, I know I've said to you how many times, I don't care about Mo Salah, I don't care about fucking Sabozlai or whoever else. I only ever want to see Trent on free kicks, no matter where they are on the pitch. And if you watch that, not just the accuracy, but the power he gets on that. He takes like two steps before he strikes the ball. It's his technique is unreal, and I think he's it's kind his, of, he's getting, he's got his, he looks like he's got his confidence back on them as well because there was yeah, a totally, where totally. Where and he I sort think, of went back into himself a wee bit, but um, he looked, he looks, he looks pumped. I think the vice captaincy thing is has has made a big difference for him. To be honest, there seems to be a. A sort of a step up in his in his just general demeanor and everything. It's just it's well. t- it's it's taking responsibility on the pitch, isn't it? That's yeah. what it is. And yeah. and and yeah, and I think the winner, the like I I think the winner is my favorite goal. Like McAllister's is is unbelievable. We're not going to have time to get into it, but let's just call it out there. It's on. It's like you know, it reminds it, it reminds me of a goal that I'm sure I'm sure it was scored by Argentina in the World Cup, and it's it's um. It was oh, are you thinking Maxi Rodriguez? Maxi Rodriguez, yeah. It's a bit yeah. like that one, which it it just flies and arcs and fucking somehow smashes in. Off yeah, the ball, and it's it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, but, Trent, but tr- the, the winner, Chief, the winner, yes. I, I think what I, what I love most about the winner is if you watch it back, I don't think his first touch is the way he wants it to be. No, it's, it's sort of behind him. Not even behind him, but it's a little bit underneath him, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And he still manages to get the sweetest strike on the ball. And whether he means it or not, because he's such a small target area to hit, given the number of defenders in front of him. But I think in those positions, it generally just strike it really, really he well. It. He just strikes through it, and it's a brilliant finish. Yeah, it's a great but, connection, and it just flies in. And I think I think that's the thing for me: how well he strikes that, given that his his first touch isn't what he wants. He wants that a little bit more out in front of him. Oh, so I he definitely really follow through, and he has to kind of almost hook it a little bit. And that is just a player with such technical ability 
that he's able to adapt the way he strikes the ball in the moment. It's like it doesn't matter whether it's not. Per- and it's listen the way he sets the ball for himself. It's far from perfect, but he just adjusts slightly, and the strike is just so so sweet. And yeah, that and that is, it's it's one of those moments, and talk about trophies. Everybody talks about you have to win something, you have to win something, but it's one of those moments like Benny Yoon against Fulham, you know, um, one of those moments that regardless of what you win will always be remembered. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a sweet, sweet strike. Um, and he's, you know, he is, he is stepping up. He is taking responsibility now. And in that way, you know, Fans of a certain age, we we saw Gerard come through, and we're now seeing Trent come through in much the same way. You know, they sort of came into the team young. They've um, you know had all the potential, been great, um, but you know now we're seeing them transition from sort of younger player into sort of main man essentially. Um, senior player and and taking responsibility and and like I said, he's he's sort of visibly gone up another couple of levels this season in a lot of ways and it's it's brilliant to see it really is um, and you know what is he now twenty is it twenty three or twenty four is it is it something like that I mean he's still not sort of peak yet so I mean there's there's still potential there for him to get sort of stronger and and faster and fitter and yeah, yeah. and I think one one of those things is it it's it's kind of the Sheringham thing versus the Michael Owen thing. He's never been blessed with blistering pace, which will probably extend his career more so than someone who has built a, a stylistic approach to the game built on pure pace. There's far. Well, he's not explosive either. So no, exactly. He's not. He's not gonna touch wood. He hasn't, but he doesn't generally get muscle injuries, hamstring problems, you know, groin injuries, these kinds of things. Which quicker players, um, and more explosive players tend to to struggle with. Um, so I mean, you know, he's he's also he's been at a club that's sort of very good on their medical game uh, and have been sort of the whole time that he's been there. He's, he's very well looked after. He's playing under a manager who's very conscious of sort of um, injuries that build up through fatigue, through overwork, overplay, all the rest of it. So, you know, it bodes well. You'd say there's there's plenty of, of, of longevity in him and um, he's just getting better and better. And it, it's great to see that He's made this step. And I think that the whole hybrid role sort of put a new lease of life into him because there was a while there, if you go back a season, maybe a season and a bit, where he's getting a lot of stick because the hybrid role hasn't been talked about yet. It hasn't broken into the media and he's getting a lot of stick for being caught out of position at right back because he's just known as a right back then. And... um, you know, it's sort of made a bit more public that actually he's playing more midfield and we're playing doing this thing and this is what we're doing. And and it sort of turns for him almost overnight. 
and we begin sort of a much more positive chapter in in how he's perceived by um by football fans in general outside of of the Liverpool fan base because obviously we we love him but um he was getting a lot of abuse and a lot of stick particularly from those who follow fucking England um where he was fourth choice right 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 back or something and wasn't even making squads which was mad um but now since Gareth can quote unquote play him in midfield and uh, do something you know that he understands with him then uh, you know we get the clamor to, to for he must be a midfielder now well okay if Gareth Southgate says he's a midfielder because that's how he understands him then fair enough but we can play him right back and um, nominally or in the hybrid and he'll be he'll be fine for us thanks yeah I think that you know you just look at the numbers um, like ball recoveries um, duels, pass percentage, long balls, all that shit that people look at. That like, like I'm being a bit tongue in cheek here because I love all that stuff. I just can't remember any of it now and don't have it to hand. But he absolutely is a dominant force in that match. All right, Chief. Let's 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 get to the big lad. Let's do it. Nunez, Darwin. Nunez, Nunez. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Darwin, I think, like, I just continue to struggle with this. Like, it feels to me like a cult player. Whereas what he should be is, you know, a Mane or like an Allison or, you know, a Fabinho sort of revolutionary signing. And yeah, he's he's always involved, always involved, because that's the nature of him. Um but I'm kind of a bit fed up with this agent of chaos bullshit kind of narrative. He's scored four goals this season, the two against Newcastle, amazing. Two unbelievable finishes. But aside from that, it's two goals in the Premier League. Um, he has a number of assists, and that's great. Some great things he does in the game. You know, I think the layoff to Zabozlai, he wins the free kick for. I think it's really nice, but for me, there's... He gets, that, gets it across to, to Trent for the for the winner as well. Well, he gets it across the, the, the back post that's headed away and eventually comes to Trent. Yes, and again, that's just him being involved, which is great. And that's the athleticism and... He's so switched on. Um, pressures, presses, um, all that stuff. Ball recoveries, top end of the pitch. Brilliant, great. But for me, if it's, let's put it this way. Take those two Newcastle goals away. It's, it's two goals in like 13 games. And if that's Bobby Firmino, we're asking questions and people are certainly asking questions about his return. And he gives, he gives so much more off the ball for me than the Nunez does. And I can, I can kind of accept the deficiencies in this game. If he's sticking the one away at Luton, if he's sticking the one away where he hits the bar, because yes, Oh, it's unlucky. He hits the bar, but that's gotta be a goal. 
the one he scuffs as well. You know, you've you've got to make the keeper work there. Yes, he's raw, but he's not 19, he's 24. And for me at the minute, you know, Gakpo is is the natural, not the natural, but the well, the natural alternative of the two very different players. But for me, you talked about endo teams in the game. I think Gakpo has a massive impact on on the win, just with his cuteness, his ability to retain possession, his sensible use of the ball, his composure. And those are things that, that Darwin lacks that I I feel are starting to become a hindrance, an issue for this side. And I know you're going to argue with me, so let's go. Let's have it out. Yeah, I mean, listen, his, his finishing was frustrating at the weekend again. Obviously, the one that he hits the bar, he should score. Having said that, it's one of them where it all happens at 100 miles an hour. The ball is a little bit in front of him. He's he, All he can do is get the one touch on it. And, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, they just fly in. Um, and it hits the bar and comes back out. And you know, if it goes in at that point, it's a different it's a different game. And we'd probably go on to you know to to, to even um, win it more comfortably. And that's and do you know what, Keith? That that's kind of the point for me. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's it's, it. Don't get me big, wrong. It's I mean, big. I, it's big misses and big moments. That's frustrating. It absolutely is. His all round contribution, though, and his link up play and hold up play and all of that, as and press off the ball work, all of that has come on leaps and bounds. And I think, given what he what he contributes to 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 the goals we score and to the you know to our overall performance, you know, on the day, I don't think I don't think we would be looking to drop him at all. I mean, personally, I think, and and you know this. That I think this, I think the goals will come. Um, I think he's been unlucky on a number of occasions, and he's. Been, I know you're saying that he's, he's been shit but... on a number of occasions, and you just sort of think it's not going to last forever. You know what I mean? He gets, he manages to get off that many shots, and 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 normally he does make the keeper work one way or another. Um, however. There are certain chances, and the other strikers are guilty of of misses just as bad. It's just that um, they perhaps get more chances and score more goals. Or actually, do you know what, Chief? That's that's. I think he's more shots than anybody else in the league. So I I don't think he has more shots. Yeah, but not necessarily high quality. You know, high percentage chances. We'll, we'll, but, we'll probably we'll probably he, the, the numbers he, he missed here. A, he missed a host of big chances last year as well. So I mean that is an issue. There's no doubt. Right. So so and and again I think this is the thing for me. Okay, people keep telling me the goals are going to come. The goals are going to come. And I'm like right, Grant. The goals are going to come. And I think I mentioned when we signed him and for probably the first six months, I compared him to like a Pippa Wanzaki who see if he just if he's shouted football. And I've probably told this anecdote before, but the guys at AC Milan, the Maldinis and Takas and Seedorfs yeah, and all those boys, they used to laugh at Inzaghi at how bad he was, literally just doing the rondo, which to you and me is piggy in the middle. But fuck me, did he stick the ball in the tent? And if that's what Darwin does, I can cop for that. 
but I've been hearing now for 18 months that the goals will come. That's 18 months, and he's not a kid. He's 24, 25, something like that now. The goals are going to have to start to come pretty quickly and pretty regularly for me to be to start to feel secure in in this particular player. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, ultimately, they do have to start coming. You know, by the obviously you want you want to start the to start coming immediately. Um, but certainly by the second half of this season, he has to be a regular scorer. Um, for the money we paid, for the places we, we want to go, um, he has to be weighing in with with his quota of, of goals. There's no doubt about it. So, but take, I, so I think he will take, be. Can I just ask? Right, let me let me just ask. So we're what we're 14 games in. He's four and 14. There's another 22 games to play. What's an acceptable return? Given the fact that, and I I hate doing the like reductive goals assists thing, but for me, he doesn't really offer enough outside of goals to justify no, his place in the team. I think he definitely does. He occupies he occupies defenders like nobody's business, and he puts the shits into them. That right? Okay, fine. We're 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 gonna we're gonna disagree on that, and that's he fine. He thinks very well. So, for example, you're a big fan of Jota, and off the ball. John is great at present, whatever, but there are games where he's completely anonymous. 100%. Let, you literally don't know he's playing. Dar- and then generally Darwin in those never, games, never generally in those games, what does he do? Well, sometimes, well, often he pops often up. Often he sticks it in the net. I, but he's fact, another one now who you've got to sort of look at injury-wise and think totally. he's got a big injury in him every season. Totally. So we have to sort of commit to Darwin you know, um, we've got Cody there, obviously, who's a, a completely different type of player, and he'll get his games. There's no doubt, but he can also offer. You know, he can play in different roles. He can play in the midfield. He can play off the left. So he'll get his games, no doubt. But if you're asking for, you know, the kind of return you want off of 25th. So if he were to start those 24 league games, which he probably won't, but say he starts, say he starts 15 more games. And gets the rest from the bench. 15 more goals, 15 more games. You've got to be happy with sort of eight or nine more goals. So we're finishing with what? You'd probably finish with if he started another 15, he scored Tw- nine. 12, 12, 13 for the season. 13 in the league. Right. So 12. So let me pose this to you. 12, but 13. It's an arbitrary. It's an arbitrary. It's an arbitrary. No, no, I get that. But 12, 13 in the league. Haaland's already got more than that, that's, and I'm not I'm not comparing him to Haaland. That's not what I'm doing because I know he's the best goal scorer in the world, and maybe could be the best goal scorer ever. But to have, if you're saying, I, I also his, I think goal scorer to contribution ratio, he's got to be absolutely the best because he's he's a, he does very little other than score. He's still four assists this season. Yeah, but he does very little other than, than score if you watch their games. I mean, he's he's anonymous quite often. I mean, they can't get him in the games, but he's always there. He's like a fucking great white shot. He's just fucking, he's there, and you know, if you fall in the water, gone. You know what I mean? That And that's that's basically how he works. He's the ultimate predator. I've never seen anyone play football like him. 
I've I've never seen a striker like him ever. Yeah, but you can't be happy with you can't be happy with Darwin scoring the same number of goals after a full season than Haaland's got after fourteen games. Yeah, but ultimately it's not about comparing them, and because everyone says I'm not comparing them as they compare them, which you just did, uh, by the way. Um, I'm not comparing them. You did did compare them. I'm talking about the number of goals that they've scored in relation to each other, which is clearly a comparison. So obviously you're comparing them. But, but of course, if you're sort of going for, if you're going for that, no, obviously you want the player who scores 50 goals a season. But if if you have a player who sticks the ball in the what? Sorry. If ha- what? if Haaland's getting forty, I'm happy with Darling Darwin getting twenty five. And you're oh, talking twelve, thirty. Totally, but I'm not comparing him. So ultimately, if he's giving you what you need, if he's linking the play, if he's turning out game in, game out, if he's turning in assists, if he's part of a successful unit which is winning games and scoring goals, and he's contributing with his fair share, then you're happy. And you're not looking around the league comparing them to other players because you're doing well. If yeah. you're playing, if you're playing in a side that you know isn't hitting its targets and isn't competing and isn't winning things and is falling short because they're not scoring enough goals, and you've got a striker there who's missing big chances on on the reg, then you're going to start to get annoyed, and that's obvious. You know, no matter if Howland's scoring fifty or twelve. If your strikers aren't doing what they need to do to get you where you want to be, then you're going to start asking questions of them. Right now, we're going well and it's all working. If that changes and we, you know, we start to dry up and we, he keeps missing chances and we we start to lose games uh, or drop points, then questions are going to be raised. That's that's just how it works. You know what I mean? Right now, I'm still happy with how it's going. Would I would I have liked him to would I like him sometimes to just stick the easy ones away? Fucking right, I would. But I mean, there's Salah at the weekend there who's having a, a very good season, and he misses an open net from three yards from a knockdown. He just smashes it over or wide or both. So totally. I mean, they're all they're all capable of doing. Haaland misses an open net and and doesn't get a sniff of a chance in in City's draw. Um, so you know he's. He's another one. Um, it doesn't always fly in for him. But I see what you're saying. And, of course, you're not going to be happy, as I said, if you're not getting to where you want to be. But um, until that point, I'm happy to see him develop because he's clearly come on a lot since last season. And if he if he can now start sticking the ball in the net more regularly, then we've we've got a monster on our hands. It's just bringing it all together at the same time, and and if he can harness all that, then you know we're laughing. Yeah, I know. I le- listen. I think for the pair of us here, if we're if we're being really true and honest with ourselves, even subconsciously, there's an element of confirmation bias here. Of course, and of of course, and I think that's sometimes what some people refuse to admit that you know th- they have confirmation bias. I was concerned after the first three months. You were convinced after the first three months. And, and you know, and that's what makes certain footballers so divisive, you know. 
That's um, it. I mean, people sort of make up their make up their minds and yeah, they make they make up their own narrative and and they look at specific and every, things every, to feed their own narrative. Totally. So every time he fucks something up, you go, you that sticks in your mind. You go, see, see, look. Told you so. Every time he does something decent or good, I go, see, look, look. <laughs> and yeah. that's that's just how it works. It, it's the same for everyone. Yeah, totally. And most things in life. Totally. And listen, despite our, our very polarized opinions on, on this prayer, the truth probably lies somewhere in between, and that's fine. Um, so look, let's let's get away from this before it becomes violent. Um okay, before we move to Sheffield United, Arsenal won four three. Very annoying. Um away at Luton. City have drawn three eights at home to Spurs. And and we won four three at home to Fulham. And after each of those games, pundits in all of their expertise, etc., media in all of their insight into the inner workings of football clubs and coaching tactics, etc., have all decided that yeah, City look ropey. Oh, we at Liverpool look ropey. Oh, we at Arsenal look ropey. And ultimately. I think we're in a position now, Chief, where we, we have we've gone through seasons and seasons, probably five, six seasons, where you've had near perfect football teams winning the league, and not only just winning the league, but coming second. You know, near perfect teams that are that are dropping, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 points a season out of 114. It's been insane. And I feel like we've kind of reverted to what is a more kind of normalized standard of football where all three of these teams have their deficiencies and nobody's talking about Liverpool in the title challenge. But those three teams are all they're all in there and it may just be something really straightforward, like a couple of fucking long-term or even short-term injuries to key players that makes a difference this season. Yeah, it's, um, that's it. It's, as is the want and the will these days, people have memories like goldfish. If indeed they have short memories, apparently that's a slide on goldfish and an, an urban myth, but um, let's stick with it. It was never going to be the case that that standard was uh, going to be sustained because it was almost impossible. The levels that uh, both Liverpool and City were hitting. Um, yeah, it was never. It was never going to become the norm. And what no, we've also it, found here is, is there is a stylistic transition away from from the type of football that achieved those results as well. Yeah, and the other teams have, have caught up. Not just in, not you know, not just in, in, um, not just off the pitch, but on the pitch as well. You know, the the bar was sort of the gauntlet was thrown down, shall we say, and it, it it took the other clubs a few seasons to respond. But the standard across the league is higher. The standard of coaching managers, you you look at at the managers of Premier League clubs now. There's no Sam Allardyces or or um, what did you call him Tony Pulises or you know. You, you well, they're still they're still Roy. They're still Roy. Uh, well, Roy Roy 
seems like part of the furniture now. He's he's been away twice and come is, back. Is, 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 Roy, is Roy the exception to the rule? Is this what we're saying? Yeah, kind of. You know, you, you still have a few old feet, but you don't have the real sort of. There are no um, Chris Hutons, um, Steve Bruce's. You know, these are guys who were who were regularly and and sort of for a time permanently in the Premier League and. And not that I'm not getting at them, but that was that that sort of symbolised the the older guard, the older style, um, the older attitudes. And now you look across the the league, and the standard at at, at all the clubs is is high. You know, it's 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 cultured. Even the likes of David Moyes has, you know, he's been around, he's been abroad, he's won things abroad, he's now won in Europe. Um, you look at um, you look at the Zerbi at Brighton. You know, Chris Hutton was there for a long time. You know what I mean? Um, big difference. You look at um, you look everywhere. You look at you know across that that sort of top ten, top twelve of the Premier League, and the standards are high on the pitch, off the pitch. You know, they know how to run. Um, football clubs now, and Chief, even better. like even look at even look at Villa, right? Villa would be standardised by many modern football fans as at best a mid-table side, and what they have managed to attract is one of the like if we well, talk about at- talk about success, talk about trophies, talk about pots in the cupboard. One of the most successful managers in Europe. Over well, the that's last it. I mean, that, that's years. a great example. If you if you look at Villa's managers, what have they gone? They've gone from sort of Dean Smith, essentially to to um, to Gerard, to Gerard, to Emery. Um, it's a, it's a massive massive shift. Um, they've gone from sort of um, traditional. English style manager to okay, guy with big profile, young up and coming, uh, management star perhaps to actually let's go and get this guy who's won the Europa League fucking ten times, managed Sevilla, managed um, PSG, managed Arsenal, you know, is one of the um, one of the top managed tactical. The, managed a brilliant Valencia team. I I and I could be wrong here, but. I have a feeling he was almost, and and this is how long he's been around. Benitez's replacement, Valencia, or not that long afterwards. Yeah, you're, he he certainly goes back. So, so they're a great case in point. So the the standard is higher. Ultimately, that that level that was reached when City and Liverpool went toe to toe those couple of seasons will never be hit. But chief is the standard. It's, is the standard higher, right? So I, I think this is the thing. I think you're right. The standard is higher, but at the moment, at this moment in time, the standard from the top two or three or even one team is lower. So that gap has been you, bridged you, from both yeah, directions. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. But it's hard to gauge which which one it actually is, or is it a, a little bit of both? I don't think it's tough. It's tough. But I think you're right. I don't think Peak City. Uh, I don't think this city team. Is as good as City were in their peak, quote unquote, when they when they hit the hundred points basically or ninety nine points. Having said that, 
this Liverpool peak Liverpool or that Liverpool team could go and smash that City team and did regularly. I don't know if this City team would get smashed in the same way, if you see what I mean. They're more pragmatic. It's, it's different. They play differently. So I don't know if our if the standard is, is yeah, I think it probably is slightly lower. I think our best team, our best 11 from, from the title winning season would probably beat our best 11 this season. But again, it's difficult. It, it, it would be some game. I mean, mostly because it'd be half the same players playing against each other. But it would, th- there are significant differences, and it would be some game. Um, so I don't know, but yes, there's definitely less of a gap between the those at the very top to the to the to the ones that would have been considered in that in that run underneath. And I think Villa are really proven it this season, and um, it's great that. There doesn't seem to be an invincible team because Jesus, that takes so much of the fun out of football, having to win every week to stand a chance of being close, and the stress you had to go through for that. It, it's not really how it should be. I mean, you you can't win every week, and and ultimately, when there are teams doing it, it, it sort of it sort of degrades the rest of the competition, and it makes it clear that you know. It's not really a, a fair competition ultimately, and it can be skewed. So, so long may it continue. This has been a great season so far. I mean, the standard of football has been class. The madness has been class. The referees being awful. Um, the number. Of it has got changed. better over recent weeks. To be fair, it has got better. It has. Now, but- as far as we're concerned, it's got better for us. That's no doubt. But if you look around the league, it's fucking yeah. Bad. Yeah. All right. Bad shit. Bad. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, look. Yeah, I think you're right. There, there is. A, there's a lot of fun to be had um, based on for me, like just basically teams being imperfect. Yeah. Um, and some teams getting better because they're just doing really sensible things. Brighton's, Brentford's, Villas, teams like this. All the teams nice. like a, a Spurs even. All the teams that aren't like Everton and Man United, and that's brilliant because they're doing their things as well. And that just keep that United are the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, I know, I know. So look, I think look, let let's look towards uh, let's look towards Sheffield United. This is this is the fixture, the sort of fixture that kind of worries me a bit. Um, Have they given him the boot yet? He's gone. Wilder's back in. Is he in? Is it being confirmed? Yeah, he's back so in. Is Wilder gonna fucking be there then tomorrow night? Whether he's yeah, I presume he would be there. Whether he has any influence over the training tactics team that's picked, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I don't know. Um, but ultimately, our home record is essentially flawless. Okay. No, no, I know that, but our home record is essentially uh, flawless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our isn't. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone to good sides, we've gone to Brighton, we've, we've dug out a draw, we, we've gone to City, we've performed really well, we've gone to Spurs, been absolutely fucking robbed, and like every time I look at the league table, and the longer the season goes on, the more that annoys me. In actual fact, as opposed to me getting over the situation. Um, but it, 
but it, it's these games that posed a real problem for us last year, and, and we saw a way to Luton. It's causing problems for us this year as well. So people might look at this and think, right, dead on, happy days, roll up three points, take your legs, fuck off, and happy days. This is, I think this is a bit of a monkey to get off our back, and there's an opportunity here to do that, to kick on. 100%. I really wish they hadn't bothered announcing the wilder thing until after tomorrow. I know this all, like, am I being mental? But does this always seem to happen? That it people, does. Managers get sacked right before we play the team. Is this, is it, this, there was a period where it happened on the reg. Like, we'd be coming up to face a shit, shitty team or a team that was going through a real bad run of form and the week before they'd sacked their manager. And, and, and again, see, this is, it's the first sack in this season and it's right before we play the team. Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? So, there you go. It is what it is. But ultimately, that's not going to change the um, the uh, injury situation they have, which is which is pretty dire by all accounts. Um, their entire, all their experienced defenders are are out, and obviously they famously didn't make any signings in the summer because they had no money, and they in fact sold their best players. So they're playing, you know, fifth choice defenders and stuff, uh, centre backs and whatnot. So. Given their run of form, given the way their shipping goes, given the way they've been totally outclassed by Burnley and Bournemouth in, in their last two games, anything other than a win is absolutely unacceptable. And you would think that provided we score first, whenever that is, that will be enough um, to break them, um, despite what sort of resistance they might put up or or performance they might want to put on you know to, to you know as the teams sometimes do when they when they lose their manager um they they're just not at the same level even close to being one to eleven so we just need to turn up and do our thing and as long as we do that we'll win the game but you're right it, right it so chance to get to your point sorry just you're right, it is a chance to get the monkey off our backs and just go there and, and beat a team that's struggling convincingly. Yeah, so look, I think it's interesting. We have obviously played Sunday. It's Sunday to Wednesday. It's it's not the worst. It's it's the two the two AM the sorry, the two PM on Sunday. Um and then we have obviously this intense period that's continued to be talk, talked about, uh, particularly by the manager, which is fair enough. Now, but it's the it's it's the turnaround after this game. We're half twelve on Saturday. Well, well, this is the thing. It's half twelve on Saturday, so you know, away to Palace. It's two away games. Two of those away games that we've just talked about. And I just am interested in how you think Klopp will manage the eleven here. Um, we've seen players been used and used and used and used over and over and over again. And I just wonder, with obviously Madup's out, do we see Jota's out? So, like, do we see a Gakpo? Do we see a Curtis Jones? Do we see a Harvey Harvey Elliott? Do we see a Jarrell Quanta? 
Um, I think there's 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 a chance for all of them. Um, to be honest, I think there will be rotation. I think Curtis Jones is a sure in. Because uh, we've seen before, Chief, we've seen before, that this is the time of the year where Klopp just throws out a load of fucking mental 11s. Yeah, well, this is traditionally the week in the year where there is a there is a, a team that sort of befuddles everyone. This is the week of the year where he put out that mad team against Everton. That I was just going to say that. Like, we hammer them like four or five or something. Five but it's, two, it's, it was. It's five a two. yeah five two, but it's a mental side that starts. Yeah, the land. Like, I think it's a front three. And... I think it's a front three of like Mane, Origi, and Shakiri or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a mad team. Everyone sort of having kittens before kickoff, and we just go and piss on them. So um, it, you know, everyone's having a laugh then pretty quickly. But um, but yeah, I can see I can see Curtis Jones come in. I can see Gakpo get a start because he deserves one, and he, you know, when 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 else? Um, I can see Kwanzaa potentially coming in given Maddox's injury, and the need to have uh, Kanate against Palace. You would say. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I can see there being change, uh, changes made. Unfortunately, it, it has to be Kelleher. He needs to redeem himself. He needs to have a good game. He was poor at the weekend. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, well, I think I think he, we'll he would, we'll, he we'll was, differ on this. No, no, we don't differ on it. Like I mean, no, we do differ. Maybe it's maybe a little harsh on the um, on the first goal because it's a decent connection. However, the second goal is poor. He 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 has to keep that out. They and are two finishes, Chief, yeah, from inside the six-yard box. But the, the second one, he has to see it. Um, having said that, we shouldn't be allowing the shots from there. You're absolutely right. But the second one, he, he has to do better with. Um, he redeems himself a little bit. I think he knows that. I think he has a shocking sort of 10 minutes after he concedes the second. And they nearly score again, but it's offside. Um but he, got, he, he, he he sort of pulls it back around. He has a decent second half um, or a better I think, second I, And I, half. I do think, to be fair to him, his distribution's really good. Yeah, that's true. But he, he needs to step up shot stopping-wise, you know. Yeah, and look, like I, I know we were going to finish up, but let, let's finish on this because I think it's an important point. He's He really is in a no-win situation here. He's deputising for... Literally the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, probably the best. And listen to me, see, probably the best goalkeeper we've seen in the last, like maybe this century. Yeah, that's right. To... But again, it's not comparing him to Allison. It's comparing him to what we need him to be. And with it, with and and with the way if we he play, can't come in and the way and we play, we need him to be Allison. No, we need him to be good enough to be our number two. And if he can't do that and help us win games and keep clean sheets and um, Ramsdale aside Chief can you name me a better perform at the required standard then we need to find a second choice goalkeeper who can now Chief I'm not saying that based just on on this game so I don't want to jump the gun no but let me let me ask you you let me ask you a question okay um Mm -hmm. Who is the best number two goalkeeper in the world? 
ultimately, who's going to know that? So, like, let's be honest. You're probably looking at Aaron Ramsdale, certainly in the Premier League. Totally, and, but, and that's because there's that's because there's a mad situation going on. But put at it like, right when when we lost Allison in the was it the title winning season or was it the year before? But we lost him. We we didn't have him for like eight nine games. And Adrian, who we know is is really not a great goalkeeper, he played in those games, and we kept. Fuck load of clean sheets. Yeah, really, and we really won. mental number of clean sheets. We yeah. won all the games. Now, Adrian didn't become an amazing keeper during that time. No, but I think we His played... standard didn't change, but we stepped but we, up. We played, a, we played a more risk-averse style of football it, then, that, I think. That's that's fine. That's it, maybe. But we, we protected him, and he protected us. And Keller, ha- Keller and the back four have to do the same this time around. It's no good... Being brilliant, going one way, and then every time a team takes a shot, the keeper lets it through. So he has to step up in all departments. That's why he's a Liverpool player, and that's why we've supposedly fought hard to keep him and not let him go and miss interest from other clubs. So he has to repay the faith now and, and, and step up. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure you get this run of games and he'll get better and grow in confidence with, with every game. But he, he needs to. Like, All right. Okay. Okay, thanks for joining me. A very enjoyable conversation, even though I think you're a twat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, until next time, hey, folks. Thanks. Lad. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, folks. Thanks for joining us. Up that we are definitely in a fucking title challenge, Reds. <laughs> <laughs>